Hi, and welcome to This Pod Is Your Pod, the podcast from Pantsuit Nation. I'm here with Courtney. Hi. And I'm Libby, and we're two of the co-founders of Pantsuit Nation, an online community of 3.8 million progressives working to resist the current administration. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, We are actually recording on Monday, but this show will come out on Thanksgiving Day. So we hope that you are enjoying whatever uh, amazing foods your family brings together to the table. Um, Usually we like to talk about the kind of high-level stuff that we are thinking about right now. On my mind, as we talked about last week, is this tax bill. Um, The House version of the bill passed last week, and now the Republicans are dealing with their bill This is the one that, as of Monday, when we are recording this, still has the ACA repeal in it. Um, But it's possible that something will happen between now and Thursday. Um, So if there's like a major piece of news that we don't address, know that it is because we are recording (laughs) ahead of schedule. Yeah, and we're um, we're hearing from a lot of our allies and partners from Indivisible and Center for American Progress and MoveOn.org that um, next week, actually, starting on the 27th, there's going to be a lot of action around this as well. So please pay attention, um, check our website, check our Facebook group and page, because we're going to be sending out a lot of calls to action uh, in our other spaces in addition to the podcast. So we know that you all are active <laughs> and engaged listeners, and so there's a lot going on. Um, but in the meantime, yes, happy Thanksgiving. Um, If you're traveling this week and uh, have some time to catch up on some old episodes, we'd love for you to go back and listen to some of our earlier interviews with Secretary Clinton, with Senator Patty Murray, with uh, Talamika Bryce, who's this incredible member of our group, with, um, I don't know, Courtney, what are some of our other favorites? It's it's hard to pick. Rebecca Tracer. And Amanda Littman um, in our very first episode, Faith Brooks, who does amazing work and was able to tell us about what was going on in Houston. Um, We've just had an opportunity to talk to some incredible people. Hassan Piker, of course, we can't leave out our one male guest. Um, So we... (laughs) It's a really great time to kind of figure out what this pod is your pod is all about as you are maybe traveling or uh, when you need a little bit of a break because you ate too much turkey. Uh, just pop on the podcast and catch up. And speaking of incredible guests, we're really, really excited this week to speak with Winona Guo and Priya Volchi, who are the founders of Choose, which is a racial literacy education press. And they're recent high school graduates. I think they just graduated earlier this year. They published the Classroom Index, which is a reference guide, a story index, and a racial literacy toolbox. The Classroom Index enables educators to supplement their lesson plans with personal stories, uh, which sparks meaningful and effective conversations about race. And I first uh, was introduced to Priya and Monona kind of remotely through a mutual friend who is a teacher of theirs. Uh, and I've just been incredibly inspired by these two young women uh, and all of the work that they're doing. So Winona and Priya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited. <laughs> so first of all, where where are you calling in from? Tell us a little bit about, about where you are. Yeah, so um, we're in Troy, Idaho right now. And um, we're actually staying in this like incredible hand-built log cabin um, in a more rural community, doing interviews for the next few days before we fly home for for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so it's been it's been I think thirty thirty states on our journey. Idaho is I think our thirtieth. Wow, oh my gosh. that's incredible. That's, so that's yeah, backtrack more states than I've been to. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, Winona, why don't you tell us a little bit about? Um, yeah, take us back to how the classroom index got started. 
Yeah, so we actually started Choose in sophomore year of high school. And what happened was really there was a, a classroom conversation about Eric Garner, which had happened the, the summer before that kind of sparked our own conversation between Priya and I about the role that race played in our own lives and kind of um, our d- desire to dismantle the apathy and the silence of our community um, with the sharing of stories and personal experiences. Um, so I remember it kind of being, um, with the starting of Choose, kind of a, a shifting from a total lack of consciousness to a growing consciousness about our collective racial reality um, and, you know, with that consciousness coming coming a curiosity and care that um, really I think any human would, would feel. Right. So in terms of actually like putting together the classroom index, we spoke at, we were speaking at a bunch of faculty meetings in our school district, kind of sharing all of these personal stories, many of them from students from that very school that we were speaking at to the faculty. And um, one I think it was when we spoke at our own high school faculty meeting, um, our teachers came up to us the next day and they were like, we understand, we want to get involved, we just need more concrete steps. Um, So that got us thinking, how can we leverage all of these stories and create some kind of teacher toolkit, which is what we did when um, we brainstormed the Classroom Index. And essentially the Classroom Index takes all of these stories, these um, accounts and narratives of interpersonal events and connects them to um, systematic research. So um, we like to say kind of connecting the heart and minds of students um, to further racial literacy in classrooms. So you can see why this was exciting <laughs> to me when I first learned about it, because it's so connected to what we do at Pansy Nation, which is thinking about sort of the heart of storytelling and so much of what we try to do is connecting people's individual experiences, their lived experiences, often speaking from a place of marginalization, and then connecting that, uh, in our case, we, we connect it to policy and, and to what's happening in government at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level, um, and, and think about how those stories can can move us to take action. And, and sometimes that's, you know, calling your representative and, and saying that the tax bill is horrible, but sometimes that's educating yourself. Uh, and that's a lot of what we do. And so when I first learned of this project, I was immediately sort of captivated because it, it really speaks um, to to this kind of central thesis that we have with Pansu Nation as well. And you guys have been doing it for longer than, than we have as high school students. So it's just, it's really amazing. So you were sophomores in high school when you got this idea and you have um, recently graduated from high school. And it's possible that we have people listening to this podcast who are roughly your age, or maybe they have, um, you know, younger sisters or um, daughters or even sons who are roughly that age and have these big ideas, but they don't quite know how to get it off the ground. Can you tell me a little bit about what roadblocks you faced being uh, high school students and what really helped you overcome them? Um, so I think as high school students, I starting in a sophomore year, we've always had a, a kind of craving to take control of all of these different forces that seem to always like speak for us in our lives. So part of, part of those um, quote unquote, like weaknesses were being young high school students. We were always told to, you know, wait for the real world that we could never really make an impact on anything, especially systemic like curriculum, which is what we were trying to do. Um, We were also told, you know, as female, as two young females, we were never expected to take leadership, do any kind of public speaking or manage an organization um, and then especially as Asian Americans, children of immigrants, we were really embarrassed of our parents' accents, our food. Um, I was always embarrassed of my skin color. So I think 
part of starting Choose was um, this moment in our lives during a sophomore year where we really felt um, power and felt and found resilience in, in each other, in our partnership to kind of turn all of these so-called weaknesses into strengths and then transform that into into ultimately what is Choose. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what, what Freya said, but just small anecdotes, um, a day in the life. So when we started, when we were 16, um, we were trying to open a bank account. No bank account would take us, right? And we were going to different meetings and, and every meeting the first you know, half an hour, it was just basically the two of us proving that we were responsible enough to, to do this work and that um, the people we were meeting with could trust us to do what we said we were going to do. Um, then we would go back home and it was a lot of, you know, convincing our parents that the two of us um, were really passionate, cared deeply about this issue um, and that, you know, um, they could trust us as well to do this. So I think all around, I think, um, you know, it was just a lot of a lot of feeling like we, we weren't... Um, the right people to be activists, that we didn't set the model of what activism or what um, social justice looked like. Um, and kind of, you know, I think without Priya there, um, I don't think I could have done it. I think um, what Priya said about finding power and strength in each other and also the, the, men, the incredible mentors that have um, right. been part of our lives has really kept us um, kept us over, you know, um, strong, even with, with all of the challenges. Because I feel like part of part of being um, young and, and getting involved in this work is that there's also so much opportunity for finding mentors who kind of really lift you up and, and push you in the right direction, which is what definitely has been our experience. It's so amazing. I mean, listening to you, you're basically like we had tons of roadblocks and we just had to kind of kick them down one by one. I mean, it was up to, to you and to your friendship and to your um, sort of resilience. And and then, you know, looking to mentors and, and finding some some other folks to help you. But it really sounds like you you just kind of tackled them head on one by one. And, and so fast forward a couple of years um, into this project, and you mentioned that you're in Idaho and, and you're traveling and obviously um, pretty independent at this point. Can you tell us what the last few months have been like since you graduated? Yeah. Um, so since we since we graduated, we spent all of senior year pretty much fundraising for this trip to all 50 states. Um, like Winona said, we're in Idaho right now. This is our 30th state. And it's been this world of different experiences in terms of interviewing in um, these really rural spaces with, you know, no Uber, no nothing. Um, and then these very like urban um, areas such as we just flew in from um, Colorado Springs or like Chicago. And so I think the diversity of literal physical location and li- learning how to live on your own um, straight out of high school has been has been really interesting. In addition to the diversity of stories we're now collecting, um, a, a, a normal day for us will, will look like um, inter- interviews from any time between 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then kind of doing the, the emails, the transcribing, the um, talking with our team and our mentors for the rest of the day. Um, I think one thing we've been struggling with is managing the emotional exhaustion that comes from um, kind of hearing and, 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 and listening and recording, collecting all of these um, really deeply intimate and personal stories about race, um, kind of eight hours a day, and then also um, trying to manage the entrepreneurial side of it. Wow, we relate to that so much. I, know, <laughs> I was just like, going to say, yeah. I, I listen to you guys and I like, it's amazing because there's so many parallels. It's like 
two friends that are supporting each other through this project that like we knew it would become this amazing thing and now here you are kind of in an uncharted territory and I just I feel like so I just want to reach through the computer and like give you a big hug and say like, thank you for what you're doing like oh. we get it <laughs> I don't know if you know how moving it is to to listen to just what you what you're talking about and and um the the vision that you have for this and the passion that you have and and your willingness to to be the collectors of stories and and um to to put yourselves out there as young women and out into a space that is kind of unknown and in this moment in history especially um is really powerful and really inspiring um i feel like i've said those two words like 16 times already in this podcast but um it's it's totally true so what's the um I mean, what are you working towards as you're moving through all of these states and collecting stories? What's the next step for Choose and for your project? Yeah, so last year we launched the Classroom Index. Next year we're going to be launching the Race Index, and it's kind of it's going to be kind of like the Classroom Index, but with stories, you know, from from all the states and focused not just on race, but also race, culture, and intersectionality. Um, and you know, we're hoping to launch it nationwide. In terms of, of our of our mission, um, we're hoping to you know kind of rebuild this shared American culture of racial literacy and leadership. So we're hoping that through the race index, through all the stories, all the discussion points, all the resources, um, people around the country will have a toolkit for not only understanding but acting on our our racial reality. And hoping um, that the two of us, Priya and I, can can be part of um, people's individual journeys to get to um, racial literacy and understand, have a better understanding of who we are. Um, so right now, yeah, it's just the, it's the travel working towards the, the next book, the race index. So that's a, um, just to, I, w- I want to make sure that our listeners, it's a, it's a book that you're putting together. Is it like a, um, a resource for teachers? Is there a website? Is there sort of multimedia content? I just want to make sure that people know the, what the end product is going to be. So, cause I'm sure people are going to be excited to, to find it. So the classroom index, which is the book that's currently out that we published, um, in high school last year is on our website. It's, it's in around 30 different states already in classrooms. Um, this next book that, that we're working on with stories from all across the country is going to be a book not just targeted towards educators or classroom spaces, but the target audience is going to be the general public, um, drawing on the idea that racial literacy doesn't stop once you leave the classroom. Um, and that will be out hopefully fall 2018 if we don't get lost or something while we're traveling. Yeah, there's going to be multimedia content. There's going to be, you know, additional resources online, additional initiatives programs that we'll have through our website, printandchoose.org. But I think the centerpiece will be the, the book that's going to be out next year. So we can um, find the information at princetonchoose.org. Are you guys documenting your journey across the 50 states anywhere? Yeah, for sure. We take videos. Yeah, videos everywhere we go. Our our YouTube channel, um, you can search Princeton Choose on YouTube and find the vlogs that we've been releasing um, every week. Right, something that we've been um, we've been trying to change in terms of when when people think about racial literacy, it's it's usually like this false binary: either you're literate and you're done, or you're not. So part of our journey has also been realizing every single day how much we don't know. That racial literacy is really just this personal personal journey. So um, part of our vlogs are the behind the scenes of what we take away from our day that can be packed with sometimes 10 interviews that vary from 
interviewing on a on a reservation to um, interviewing in a coffee. St- I think yesterday we interviewed on a reservation, a grocery store, and a gas station. So um, following <laughs> us behind the scenes, and then just just seeing the seeing how we are learning too. So kind of um, an opportunity to learn alongside us. Thank you guys so much for this. I just want to make sure that our listeners know that besides being like road warrior, amazing um, interviewee, interviewers um, out there in the world, that Winona and Priya also just presented at TED Women in New Orleans. Um, So these women are, they're seriously making waves out there. Get on this boat um, early. Be supporters of this project. This is, um, it's just incredible. I'm so inspired by what you guys are doing. I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your very busy schedule um, to come on this podcast. Um, Thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you for just stepping up and doing this work because it's not easy to be the people that start something new. And you're doing an incredible thing by um, not just starting it, not just making it happen, but growing it um, moving forward. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Right back at you. Yeah, you both inspire us. Thank you so much, Renona and Priya. And thank you, Nancy, who um, connected us uh, and is a very dear friend of the Chamberlain family. So, um, yeah, we're really excited to to follow your journey. Shout out to my middle school teacher. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Yes. And let us know if you come to. Boston or rural Maine so that we can meet in person, please. We will for sure. All right, you two. Good luck with everything. Good luck. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. I just, I, I love them. <laughs> I think they're amazing. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, like you said, Courtney, for the work that they're doing and, and for sharing um, part of what they're doing with us here. So Winona and Priya of Choose are awesome. Um, I can't, like, I'm just so energized by just, like, how incredible it is that they are not only, not only did they do this amazing project and they could just, like, you know, write an amazing college essay and be like, cool, done, check, and then, like, (laughs) just keep going. I know, I know. But that they've, like grown it into something bigger they've said like this is working how can we make it work for even more people it's just it's so inspiring um and i'm just so thrilled to have been able to talk to them on the podcast today yeah awesome all right well let's um yeah think about what our our calls to action are this week so keeping in mind that this episode is going to drop on thanksgiving and um you know it's a it's kind of a funny week because there's so much going on nationally, but also it's, it's a time to spend with family. So, um, I'm sure Kat has some, some good direction for us. Oh yeah. I have some thoughts. Hi guys. Oh, hi, oh you're there. Right there. Hello. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how long have you been there? Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for me to know. <laughs> Do I need to feel weird about anything that I said? I don't think so. No, I think we, we didn't hear, we didn't hear the ring this time. So caught off guard. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right, Kat, what do you got for us? <laughs> All right, so uh, last week we focused on the addition of a repeal of the individual mandate of the ACA that was rolled into the Senate tax bill. I believe Libby called that, you know, slime, um, covered in slime, something like that. Uh, so that's a bad move as it could leave 13 million <laughs> folks uninsured. Um, and as of today, again, as a reminder, we are recording on a Monday. I think Libby just said that. Um, it seems that the Republicans may be willing to take it out. But even without this individual mandate repeal, the tax plan needs to be stopped. It provides permanent tax cuts for corporations, but there's no historical precedent 
to suggest that those cuts will result in a job creation or increased wages for the average worker. I mean, and the tax cuts also give uh, increases for executive bonuses and stockholder dividends. That grows in an already soaring wealth gap in this country. And the middle tax cuts in this bill are set to expire in eight years. So that means eight years from now, taxes could go up. And it demonstrates that the middle class tax relief is not the primary goal of this bill. It's corporate tax relief. And finally, if taxes increase on the most vulnerable, those who are making under $40,000 a year, those are going to increase. So, you know, the wealthiest Americans get tax cuts, and those at the bottom earning brackets will have to pay more, including graduate students. I mean, this is just an absolute blow to anybody who's pursuing higher education. Uh, it, it, the bill's really favoring corporations and the wealthy. Call your senators now to demand that they defeat this damaging tax bill. Uh, so we're going to ask you to especially call the Republicans, uh, ask them to vote against it. Uh, visit callyourrep.co. That's callyourrep.co to find those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think we can't stress enough that, like, this bill, even if they take out the repeal, like, it's not good for most people unless you are very, very wealthy or you run a corporation. And I don't know about you guys, but I am neither of those things. <laughs> and neither are basically any of the people I know. New homeowners, right, are going to get affected by this. Anybody who wants to, like, buy a house, I'm at that point in my life. Yeah, people that want to adopt children. There's just, like, yeah. any number of scenarios. Student debt is a huge one. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, yeah. yes. yes. It's yeah. slime wrapped in garbage or vice versa. We all know it. We just have to <laughs> make sure that our, our members of Congress know it. So, yeah, yeah. make your calls. Call them on Thanksgiving and say, hey, <laughs> I'm sitting down at Thanksgiving, and this is what I'm thinking about, how you're ruining my life. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can even talk to your friends <laughs> maybe around not the, on the table. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, but the friends around the table who are teachers and be like, be like, hey, you guys can't write off your, your supplies anymore. And you guys already put so much into teaching, right? And, and then for folks who are just pursuing higher ed, it just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. It's like, did they think we don't yeah. read this stuff? Did they think we're like, oh, this is cool. Go ahead. Go for it. No. Anyway. Yes, please, please call your senators, especially the Republicans. But yes, it is Thanksgiving week. And as many of you know, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving is known as Giving Tuesday. That's a day to give to nonprofit organizations. So please consider supporting local organizations that are doing great work in your community and also the national organizations that are bringing important resources to critical issues. If you're so inclined, you can support Pantsuit Nation this Giving Tuesday. Head to pantsuitnation.org. That's pantsuitnation.org. And click Donate. So thank you and Happy Thanksgiving. And Happy Thanksgiving to you too. I hope you have a really good one. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to your lovely fiancé and your very hilarious floppy dog. Oh, yeah. He actually just howled at the end of this. So hopefully everyone can hear Bogey uh, on the podcast this week. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Kat. Thanks, Take care, Kat. you. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Always great to hear from Kat with our calls to action this week. Um, I think it's always really important to take the time at Thanksgiving on the day when you are um, thinking about what has gone well for you in the year um, to look around and say, okay, what are the organizations that are helping the, the less fortunate? And I, I think it's always a great time to be, um, to be giving. So that's great. Hey, Libby, what time is it now? It's time for the golden pantsuit. Yay, I'm so excited. the golden <laughs> pantsuit. Um, so... <laughs> So this week, uh, inspired by what can only be described as just like 
total badassery of Winona and Priya, we wanted to highlight um, Reshma Saujani. She is the founder and the CEO of Girls Who Code, which is a national nonprofit organization that works to close the gender gap in technology and change the image of what a programmer looks like. Um, And in 2010, uh, Reshma was the first Indian-American woman to run for Congress in the U.S. And she lost. But during that race, she visited local schools and saw the gender gap in computing classes and And essentially, it inspired her to take this completely other path and uh, start Girls Who Code. And one of the really interesting things that she also found as she was starting this project was what she called a bravery deficit in girls. So let's hear from um, Reshma's TED Talk uh, about what happens when you teach girls uh, to be courageous. For the American economy, for any economy to grow, to truly innovate, we cannot leave behind half our population. We have to socialize our girls to be comfortable with imperfection, and we gotta do it now. We cannot wait for them to learn how to be brave like I did when I was 33 years old. We have to teach them to be brave in schools and early in their careers, when it has the most potential to impact their lives and the lives of others. And we have to show them that they will be loved and accepted, not for being perfect, but for being courageous. And so I need each of you to tell every young woman you know, your sister, your niece, your employee, your colleague, to be comfortable with imperfection. Because when we teach girls to be imperfect and we help them leverage it, we will build a movement of young women who are brave, and who will build a better world for themselves and for each and every one of us. Okay, so this is amazing on like so many different levels for me right now. I think, like you said, Courtney, especially listening um, after just speaking with Winona and Priya and when they were talking about sort of the roadblocks that they faced, not just based on their age, but on their gender and their heritage and, you know, all of the expectations that that are set in place for young women and that, that they had to kind of knock those down themselves, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's, that's really powerful. And so I, I love what, what um, Reshma is saying in this TED Talk that we need to, as a culture, do a better job of, you know, not putting those roadblocks up in the, in the first place. And as a parent, you know, I'm thinking about that too with my my daughter and my son thinking about what it is that I'm telling her, the messages that I'm, I'm giving both of them about courage and perfection and all of that. I think it's just amazing. And then thinking about Winona and Priya again and, and part of what they're doing and focusing on education um, and racial literacy in education is trying to like, you know, build a better system for the for the young women that are coming behind them and, and the young men that are coming behind them. So um, anyway, just listening. I've listened to that TED Talk a few times, and it just every time I sort of get more out of it, and she's amazing. Absolutely. It's um, a great look at the sort of macro of her taking this opportunity to create this excellent project that's doing so much incredible work, and then kind of digging down to what is this like fundamental lesson to take away and that's we need to give girls permission to be courageous and be um, imperfect and I think it circles back a little bit to what Winona and Priya were saying about their vlog and that they you know talk about the learning that they get 
every time they are interviewing people, that for them, these are two young women who have been thinking about race and learning about race and teaching other people about race for years now, and they are still learning. And the fact that, like, they're comfortable with that and able to share that is, I think, an absolute um, example of what can happen when you give young women the space to explore their ideas and be vulnerable and be um, be imperfect, but also still be moving forward and being brave and being bold. So, yeah, amazing. Uh, thank you, Reshma. You are, um, yeah, golden pantsuit as always in the mail. Uh, yes. Shortly. I'm vigorously <laughs> nodding my head over here, which you can't see, but uh, plus one to everything that, that Courtney said. And then Lib, I think we have a, an extra uh, golden pantsuit this week. Do you we want to give that one out? I do. I really do. So a uh, second golden pantsuit this week is going to Beth O'Connell, who, as you all know, listeners know, is our amazing podcast producer who has sort of steered us through <laughs> the last several months of being total podcast newbies. She's had an amazing career um, in journalism and has just been a, a wonderful inspiration to us. And uh, today is her last um, episode with us. And we're really sad. We're also really excited to follow the rest of her career. So golden pantsuit going to to Beth, um, who's listening that <laughs> listeners can't hear, but uh, we want to make sure you all know how awesome she is and how much we appreciate all of her mentorship. Yes. The reason why we are not the like kind of mess of people that we were when we started doing this podcast um, <laughs> is questionable, that Beth potentially, has, but <laughs> Beth has taught us so much. Um, she helped us uh, get through the Hillary Clinton podcast without like peeing our pants and freaking out um <laughs> and we can't thank her enough so uh golden pantsuit to beth o'connell this week as well okay so that's our episode for this week right that's it thank you so much to winona and priya for coming on um calling in from your log cabin in idaho of course thanks to kat and a very special thank you to beth o'connell for uh everything that she's done this is our last episode with her so thank you thank you so much beth um, if you like what you hear, you can please uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, or find us anywhere else that you get your podcasts. You can always visit us at pantsuitnation.org or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pantsuitnation. Interact with us there. Find us on Facebook. If you're in our group, drop us a comment on our podcast links, which go up each week. Big thank you to Cadence 13, our podcast network and studio, and we will be back next week. Just a reminder, this democracy is your democracy, so stay engaged. Happy Thanksgiving, Libby. Happy Thanksgiving, Corp. Bye.